begin today the Gemara towards the bottom of Dav Pei Beis Amid Beis, five lines from the bottom, where it says Boy Abaya. So here the Gemara is continuing a discussion from what we had in the beginning of this Pedic. The Mishnah brought a case of a person that divorced his wife and he tells her, You mutter to everybody but to one person. You're not mutter to him. And the Gemara before actually had two versions of what this person said. Did he say, You mutter to everyone, and then he just makes a condition, Al Menas. You mutter on the condition that you don't marry one person. It's one, one uh, shot. And there was a machlekes in the Mishnah. Chachamim said that the get is possible, and Rabbi says that the get is kosher. That's one version. Another version we had here before in the Gemara was that a person gives a get and he says chutz. He's not making a condition. He's doing even something stronger than that. He's saying, I'm leaving over some of the Isser. For that person, you're still Aser. So according to that version, Rabbi Yezus still says, the get is kosher. And the Chachamim say, the get is possible. Yeah, those were the two uh, explanations for the Machlekes we had before in the beginning of the Pedic. So now the Gemara continues here with a few Shilas that Abaya asked regarding this uh, Halacha. Boy, Abaya, so Abaya asked the following Shaila. Omalah, he tells his wife, You mutter to get married to everyone. Chutz mi Ruven v'shimin. Besides Ruven and Shimon. So and but so now in this case he said chutz besides so this is obviously the machlekes of the chachamim and Rabbi whether the get takes effect according to chachamim it cannot and Rabbi says it does but then afterwards he came back to her and told her that you mutter for Reuven and Shimon so maho how do we understand when he came back and said you mutter to Reuven and Shimon. Do we say what he meant to say is my dosar, this that he said before that you also to them shara. Now he said that he's muttered to them as well. So therefore now he's giving her a get and he's saying that she's muttered to everyone. So therefore the gedishin should take effect even according to the chachamim. Or maybe the way we understand what he was saying now is when he came back my dosar shara. Reuven and Shimon that he said before that she should still be also to now he's telling her that she's muttered. To Reuven and Shimon. But Umay the Shara, Asar. When he said before that to the entire world she should be Mutter, that he's now telling her that no, you're going to be Asar to the entire world, and the only one that you're going to be Mutter to is Reuven and Shimon. Right? When, he say, when he comes back and says, Le Reuven the Shimon, he's telling you you're divorced and you're Mutter only to Reuven and Shimon. That's one case where this uh, Shaila plays out. Now, Imtim Tzalayma. If you're going to say that with this language, when he comes and says, that this Reuven and Shimon that he left over, and the, the Isaran, so now he's coming and being Mata even that, so now she becomes completely Mutter and the get takes effect. But what if he came back and told her, originally he said that she should still be also to Reuven and Shimon, and he came back and said, to Reuven you're allowed. What did he mean by saying the word Reuven, just Reuven? Do we say what he meant to say is Leruven, that now you'll be mutter to Reuven, He meant to say that uh, I'm taking off the what I said before, Chutz, and you really are going to be mutter to Reuven and to Shimon. The only the reason why he only mentioned Reuven, Mishum the Pasach Bay, because that's the first of the two people that he began with, so he didn't specify, he didn't say Reuven and Shimon, but he meant to say that what I said before, that you would be Aser, so now you're going to be mutter to Reuven and to Shimon. Or maybe we could say, no, Reuven Dafke. Before he said that she should be still Aser to Reuven and Shimon, and now he's coming back and being Mata her to Reuven, but the Isra and Shimon still remains. So according to the Chachamim, this will not be a Gerishin. 
Another thing further, Gemara asks, if you'll say in this case, when he says Reuven, he means to be mocked to her only to Reuven, but not to Shimon. How about if he came and told her, he came and said, after he said previously, that he's still answering her to Reuven and Shimon, he comes back and tells her that you mutter to Shimon. What's, what, what does he mean by this? Do I say, Does this mean that she's going to be Asr? Again, does he mean to say that she's going to be mutter to Shimon? And he meant to say, going to be mutter to Shimon and to Reuven. The reason why he mentioned only Shimon and not Reuven, the reason is because that's the last one that he mentioned, so he's coming back and taking off from the last name that he had mentioned. But really, he means to say, both of those people that I mentioned to you, that you were also to, now I'm taking it off, you'll be mutter. Or no, if he only mentioned Shimon by name, so he means to say that I'm taking off the Isra from Shimon, but the Isra to Reuven still remains, so she won't be divorced. Further, the last Shaila here, that Ravashi asks, based on this last Shaila here, Boy Ravashi, Ravashi asks, if we're going to say that uh, he comes back, if you talk again, Ravashi is talking about the case that we started with. He, in the beginning he said, Chutz And then he comes back and now and tells her, Af He adds the word Af and says, also to Shimon. What did he mean to say when he said, Af Now the Shiloh of Ravashi is, if we're going to say, when he said just Shimon, so then he meant only Shimon. And he's not being Mataruvim, but what if he added the word Af? That you should also be mutter to Shimon. What is the meaning of that word af? Mahu. Do I say af aruven koi? The reason he's adding the word af is because he means to say that before I asked you on Reuven and Shimon, and now I'm being mat to you, not only to Shimon, but also to Shimon, meaning Reuven and Shimon, both people that I said before you asked her, now I'm telling you that you're mutter. So the Gerishim will be good. Oidilme af almakoi, or the term af is that does not mean the two people that I mentioned before, Reuven and Shimon, but af just means that besides the entire world that you're mutter to, you're also going to be mutter to Shimon, but the isa to Reuven still remains. That he never removed. So if according to Chachamim, there won't be any Gaidish in here. So Teku, the Shaila, remains unresolved. The Rambam's Klal is anytime the Gemara uses a term im tim tzeloimer, when you have something like this, a, a, a bunch of Iboyes that come one after the next, we always paskin like that, im tim tzeloimer. But over here, this uh, Iboye in the end, where the Gemara says take, well, that is unresolved. So this is going to be a suffocation. Okay, now here the Gemara returns to focus on the opinion of Rabbi Yeza, which is a very Chiddush opinion, that a person could divorce his wife, and he could tell her, I'm divorcing you, and you mutter to the whole world, besides so-and-so, and the Gerishin still takes effect, even though he's not completely divorcing her. This is an issue that still remains for, for somebody. So, Taner Rabbanu, we learned Nebraisa about this. La'acha, pitirasa shal After Rabbi passed away, nichnesu arba zikainim lo So there were four elders that entered, and they discussed Rabbi Yezah's opinion, and they came to bring proofs against his opinion. Who were they? Eluhain, Rabbi Yaisi Aglili, Rabbi Tarfin, Rabbi Lozav ben Azariah, Rabbi Akiva. And the Braissa will bring the questions or the rayas that each one asked on Rabbi Yezah. Then Rabbi Tarfin said the following, that I'll prove to you that Rabbi Yezah's halacha is not true. Because Haresha Holchazu, here, this woman, that this person, the husband said to her, you mutter to the whole world besides Reuven. Now, so now this woman went, and she went and she got married to the brother of Reuven, that's the, the person that she still ushered to. 
And now her husband dies without any children. So what happens? Usually there would be a mitzvah of yibum. But the husband that had previously divorced her had told her that the whole divorce is not to everybody. This Reuven used to lost her to. So now Reuven can't do the mitzvah of yibum. Because she's still lost it to him. So Nimsa, doesn't it come out that that this husband that's divorcing his wife, he's uprooting something menatayra. Because now she can't have the mitzvah of Yibam from this man that the husband originally had said when he divorced her that Yasset him. So Halamadata, so from this the way it would play out in this scenario, this teaches you that this is not the crisis that the Tayra meant. Krisis cannot be in such a way that it causes later that a din of the Tayra, which is Yibum, gets uprooted. That was the Rai of Raptarfin. Okay, the Gemara will discuss all of these Rai's that it brings now, the Gemara will discuss it in detail. We'll see. We'll see, we'll see. Everything will be discussed later in the Gemara here. Now Rabbi Yisek Lili Rabbi Yisek Lili got up and he said, I have the following Raya against Rabbi Yisek. Where do we find in the Torah that there's an Issa for one, but a Mutter Lizeh, but it's Mutter for someone else. Ha'asr, Asr Lakayl, what's Asr is Asr for everyone. Ha'amutter, Mutter Lakayl, and what's Mutter is Mutter for everyone. So over here, what's happening? This woman is not an Ashish, she's getting divorced, and she's mutter to the entire world, besides for Reuben, or besides for whatever people the husband is telling her. So she, she's mutter for them, and also for them. That can't be. So therefore, this teaches you, this is not the crisis that Taita intended with a get. got up and he said, when the Taita says that you have to give a safe crisis, what does that mean? It has to be something that completely severs the connection of the husband and wife. Over here, saying that the Isser of Ashish Ish for someone is still in effect, that means that there's no proper Krisis. And that's not what the, what the Taita means when it says, Sayyafi Krisis. This is not the Krisis the Taita spoke about. Rabbi the last one here, he got up and he said that he has a raya against Rabbi Yazak. What happens? She gets divorced with this chutz, with this case here that the husband says, you mutter to everyone, but you still also to someone. So she goes and gets married to someone. And she had children from that person. And then, And then her husband dies, her second husband dies, or her second husband divorces her. And now, she goes ahead and she gets married to this person that the first husband, when he divorced her, told her that the whole divorce is, is to everyone, but he's still Asa to this guy. So now what happens? This person that she's Asa to him. Lay nimza get bottle. Doesn't it come out that now the get of the first husband retroactively is nullified because she broke this tnai uh, or she went and she married this person that he, she wasn't supposed to marry. So, but now, mamzerim. Now the children from the second marriage are all going to end up being mamzerim. How could, how, could, how could we allow such a thing to happen? That such a kind of a get with this kind of condition, and then if she breaks it later, so retroactively the children are mamzerim. So because Taita doesn't want such a thing to happen, so we know that this is not the crisis that the Taita intended when it said safe crisis. Another pshat, another point that Rabbi Kiva said to refute Rabbi Yaz's opinion. In this case, when the, when the husband gave her a get and says, you mutter to the whole world, besides to one person, that is still also. The Yisra this will still apply for him. So for him, you're not divorced. So, so this person, 
that he said, besides for him, for him you're not divorced. What if that person is a Kayan? And now, and this person that gave her this get passed away. So, doesn't it come out that for the entire world she's a Grusha? Because before the husband died, he already had divorced her. But for this Kayan, for this one person, she's not a Grusha. For him, she's only, only an Almana. Because the husband had said that for him, you're still an Ishish. So now what's the halacha? Is she allowed to go and marry this Kayan? A Kayan, a regular Kayan, is allowed to marry an Almana, but not a Grusha. So you would think that because for him she's an Almana, she's allowed to marry this Kayan. But that's not the halacha. If she's a Grusha for everyone else, she has a name Grusha. She can't marry this Kayan. So if so, the We have the following Kalvachaymer. Uma Grusha, if when it comes to the Isser of marrying a Grusha. A Kayan marrying a Grusha. She Kala, it's only allowed. But nevertheless, the halacha in this case would be Asura should be also to marry this man that's a Kayan, even though for him she's not a Grusha, for him she's just an Almana. And why is she also to marry him? Because since for everyone else she's a Grusha, so this is a woman that has that aspect of Grusha for the whole world. So even for this Kayan, she's called a Grusha. So if that's so, when it comes to the Isra of Grusha to a Kayin, so Eish is Ish, Shehi Chamura, Loikol Shekein. So if so, for this woman as well over here, if, if there's a Tzad of Eish is Ish still in her, you're divorcing her and you're saying that she's muttered to the whole world. But for one person, she's still an Eish is Ish. That Isra for him still applies. So if there's still an aspect of Eish is Ish in her, now the Isra of Eish is Ish is Kodis, it's a much, much more stringent matter, or more than that, it's, 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 it's a skila. It's a much more stringent matter. Like Kol Shekain, most definitely we should say that the divorce doesn't take effect at all. If she's still partially an Eishas Ish, she can't be muttered to anyone. So this Kav teaches you, this is not the Krisis that the Torah intended. After all of these Tanoyim said their reason why they disagree with Rabbi Yezer, so Rabbi Yeshua got up and said, We can't give answers, we can't refute Rabbi Yezer's opinion, the lion, such a great person like Rabbi Yezer, after he passed away. As Ashi says, if he would have been here, he maybe would have given an answer to all these questions. All of these rights against Rabbi Yezer could all be refuted. Besides what Rabbi Loza ben Azariah said, that's the only one that can't be refuted. The less le pirche. Tanya nami hachi, we learned this in a brisa as well. The Gemara, the Gemara will explain now, the Gemara will go through all the details here, how they all could be refuted. So Tanya nami. Same things. Again, what? The points everybody is saying. They're coming to the same conclusion, but they have different rayas. Tanya nami hachi, we learned this in a brisa as well. Omer Rabbi Yaisi. Rabbi Yaisi said, Roya ani is divri Rabbi Loza ben Azariah, midivri kulon. Rabbi Lazar ben Azari, what he said to refute Rabbi Yezer's opinion, I see his, uh, his refutation was right, more than all the other ones. Okay, so now here the Gemara is going to go through all the details. Omar, so the Braise said before, Nen, Rabtarfin got up and said, Here, this woman that her husband divorced her, and he said, but you can't get married to one person. And now she went, She married the brother of that person, that she's also to marry him. And now her husband passed away without children. So now, there's no mitzvah of Yibam that could be fulfilled. She's also to marry him. Doesn't it come out that the first husband that divorced her, didn't he uproot this mitzvah of Yibam and Atayre? That was the language of the Braisa. So the Gemara asks on this, what kind of a rai is this? Oiker, you're saying that he, the first husband that gave her the get and asked her, he's directly uprooting? Oikir is mashma that he's mamish biyadayim going directly and uprooting. He's not uprooting it. It comes out. It causes this to happen if she'll marry the brother of that person. But he's not doing this. 
Is it him that was Aikirit? So the Gemara says you have to read the words of Rabtarfan differently. Masna, he makes a condition with her. He makes this condition that she should be also to marry one person. Which uproots this mitzvah of Yibam, this Dovim and If she marries the, the brother of that person. But again, the Gemara asks if you're going to read it this way as well. It's not understood. Masna, the first husband that divorced her, he's making this condition. Mika Amala is part of what he told her when he divorced her. That part of the condition is that you must marry the brother of this person that I'm saying is still also to you. That wasn't part of what he said. No one's forcing her to get married to the brother of that person. So you can't say that the husband that gave her the get is the cause for the fact that we're being aiki the mitzvah of Yibam. She chose it. She chose to marry the brother of that person. Ella, what we have to, the way we have to read what it says in the Braise is, by giving a get in this kind of a way, you're causing to uproot this mitzvah of Yibam and That if she decides to go and get married to the brother of this person, so now it's going to end up that you can't fulfill the mitzvah of Yibam. It's Gaidim. Says the Gemara, if that's what Rabtafan is asking, Gaidim, Elamayata, if so, there's other scenarios where there's impo- it's impossible to fulfill the mitzvah of Yibam. If so, Mbasachiv la Yisa. Shouldn't we say that a person is not allowed to marry his brother's daughter, a niece? A niece is, is someone that you're allowed to marry. Not only you're allowed to marry, the mother says it's a mitzvah to marry a niece. So, but now you should argue and say that you shouldn't be allowed to marry a niece. Why? Because what happens? Shema yom is And what happens now if you die without any children? And now your brother has to do the mitzvah of Yibam, but he can't. The wife is his, his, is his daughter. And it's a erva. There's no mitzvah of Yibam by erva. By marrying your niece, you're causing that if you die without children, so now you can't do the mitzvah of Yibam. So aren't you also being like a dovim and And nevertheless, that's not an issue. If it ends up happening this way, so over here, there's no mitzvah of Yibam. So the same thing over here, the fact that the first husband gave a get and he said one person is awesome and she marries the brother of that person, so over here, there's no mitzvah of Yibam. There's no issue with this. So the Gemara says, you're right, this is a very good question on what Rab Tarfan said, and Hainu Pircha. This is the refutation to what Rab Tarfan said. As the Gemara said before, Rav said that all of these questions that they asked on Rabbi Yazda can be refuted. So therefore here, this is the refutation to what Rab Tarfan said. Now the Gemara will discuss another point here regarding what Rab Tarfan said, and this goes back to the point that I mentioned in the beginning, that when it came to Rab Tarfan's opinion, there are two versions how to understand what Rab Tarfan said. Did Rabtafen speak about a case where a husband gives his wife a get and he tells her you're mutter to the whole world and he made a t'nai. He said on menas, on the condition that you don't marry so-and-so. That's one we have to understand. That, that, that's where Rabbi says that she's divorced. Or another version is he didn't just make stamat nai. He, he left over some of the Isra Sish. He tells her you're mutter to the whole world chutz besides one person. Not, not just stamat nai, but he said chutz. So now the Gemara wants to understand Rab Tarfan that was refuting Rabbi Yezah's opinion. What was Rab Tarfan? How did Rab Tarfan understand Rabbi Yezah's opinion? Ubemai. What is the case over here? If the case over here is that the husband that said to her, I'm divorcing you to earn your mutter to the whole world besides the so-and-so that you're going to be Yasser. But that can't be. Because if so, Mishre Shara Rabbi Lazar. In this case that Rab Tarfan brought up, when after the get of the first husband, she went and married a second husband. Now, Rabbi Yaza will agree that once she marries a second person, she becomes mutter to everybody, including to that person that the first husband asked her. 
As Gemara brings here, Abraisa, that says this clearly. The Tanya will learn in Abraisa. Maider Abeliezer, will agree. When a person divorces his wife, everyone besides that person. So Abeliezer says the get takes effect, and you will be also to that person. But now, and this is lechet menashuk. If she goes and marries someone else, and now when it's armala and it's garsha, and she becomes an almano, she gets divorced from the second marriage. Shemuteres lezeh so now this chutz that the first husband says doesn't apply anymore. She becomes mutter to everybody. As Rashi here says, once she gets married to a second husband, whatever issues, whatever marriage or remnants of marriage there is from the first husband is gone. Now her status of whether she's an Asian issue or not depends on the second marriage. And therefore now she'll be mutter even to that individual that the first husband had said that she's also. So what was the case that Abtarfan was talking about? Abtarfan was talking about over here when she went and got married to another person, to the brother of that person that asked her. And Abtarfan was saying, according to Rabbi Yezer, there'll be a problem that she can't now do the mitzvah of Yibam. But why not? Once she's married to someone else, whatever chutz the first husband says does not apply anymore. Ella says to Gemara, Ba'al menas. Abtarfan understood that Rabbi Yezer was speaking about not a case where there was a chutz, if there was a chutz, chutz means you're leaving over certain issues of the first marriage. Once it's the second marriage, that chutz doesn't apply anymore. Rather, he understood the Eliezer's opinion regarding when he said, you're going to be mutted to the whole world, and he made a condition. Al menas, that you don't marry so-and-so. Now that condition always remains in effect. That condition does not change if she marries someone else. It's a condition. Condition doesn't go anywhere just because she married someone else. And that's why Rabbi Tarfan had the whole question that it's going to come out that there would be no mitzvah of Yibam. Again? Amanas is, Amanas is a condition. Chutz is not a condition. Chutz. Chutz is you're leaving over certain issues. That is not left over once you marry someone else. But Amanas, Amanas, if you make a condition, that doesn't change when you marry someone else. That condition is still in effect. No, the Gemara before explained on that pay base. Gemara explained that Chutz is, is leaving over some of the issues of the first marriage. Okay, now we go to the second, uh, the second Tana here, Rabbi Yaisi, he asked the question of Rabbi Yaisi. Rabbi Yaisi, then Rabbi Yaisi Glili, what did Rabbi Yaisi Glili say? Where do we find such a thing that it's Asa to one and Muta to another? If it's Asa, it's Asa to everyone. If it's Muta, it's Muta to everyone. So how can you say that she's now not an Eish but she still is an Eish for someone? What kind of a question is this? You don't find such a thing? So Truma and Kachim, it's also for one person, it's also for anyone that's not a Kayin, and it's Mutter for the Kayin. So here you have an Isser that's only for one and not for another. Answers the Gemara, Be'isser Isha, Kamrinan. Rabbi Yaisak Lili meant to say that you don't find such a thing regarding the Isser of, of a Isha, of a woman. It should be also to one and Mutter to another. But of course, by Aisha you find this as well. Again, sorry. All these surim of arayis, all the different kinds of relatives. It's a relative to one, and it's not a relative to another. So it's muttah to one and asa to another. So you find it by issues as well. It says the Gemara, Be'ishus Kamrina. We don't mean all arayis. For sure by all arayis, the whole concept of erv is a relative, so it's a relative to one and muttah to the other. But it means over here the isr of ashes ish, that it should be an ashes ish for one, and not an ashes ish for another. Where do you find such a thing? Says the Gemara, what do you mean? Hare ashes ish, the, the whole concept of an Aishis Ish. What's an Aishis Ish? She's married to one person. For her husband, it's Mutter. And for someone else, it's Asa. Every single marriage is that way. Then it's, it's Mutter for one and Asa for another. So what's this question of Rav Yaisi Aglili? 
Says the Gemara, Hainu Perched. Yeah, this is, this is the refutation for what Rabbi Yisek Lili said. So apparently Rabbi Yisek Lili had a swara to say, of course when it comes to marriage, she's muted to the husband and also to everyone else. We're going to make that division. But to everyone else, the entire world, she's also. Rabbi Yisek Lili said, we, he couldn't understand what this means, that besides being married to a husband, to people of the entire world that she's not married to, you're going to say that to him she's still also and to him she's mutter. But the Gemara says it's still it's it's not it's not a good question of what Rabbi Yezer says because you see by issues that she could be mutter to the husband and as a result of that she could be mutter to some people in the world and she could be also to others. So now again the Gemara uh, um, analyzes here when, how did Rabbi Yezer clearly understand Rabbi Yezer's opinion? Was Rabbi Yezer talking about a case where the husband had given the get and said chutz? Or did he give the get and he made a condition, a manas that you won't marry so and so? How did Rabbi Yisak Lili understand Rabbi Yisak? Did he understand that Rabbi Yisak was speaking about a case where he made a condition? And what was the condition? So as Rashi clarifies, when you make a condition, the condition is The condition is that you won't marry, only marriage, like proper marriage. You're not going to marry so and so. That was the condition. But if so, so then what that means is the condition was only not to marry. But he didn't, the, the husband, when he divorced, he didn't say anything about Stam having a relation with or without marriage. Znus, that he didn't say anything about. So if so, it comes out that really this woman that gets divorced here is mutter to the entire world, including for this person. It's only specifically marriage that the condition was, that she shouldn't marry him. Ella bechutz. So Rabbi Yisrael that was asking the question, Rabbi Yezer, he understood that Rabbi Yezer is speaking about a case of chutz, where the husband is saying, you're going to be mutter to the whole world, but for so-and-so, the ishus is still left over, and therefore for him, you're still an ishus ish, and you may not have any relation with him whatsoever. And that was his question on Rabbi Yezer. <coughs> okay, we go to the next question that the Braissa brought. Nana Rabbi Kiva, or actually the Gemara here skips Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, but the Gemara goes to Rabbi Kiva. What did Rabbi Kiva say? Va'omar. What happens if she would go and get married to someone else after this kind of divorce, where there was this the divorce that Rabbi Yaz was speaking about, that she can't get married to someone. And she goes and gets married to someone else. She had children from the second marriage. Now she either becomes a, a almana or divorced. And now she goes and marries this individual that the first husband told her not to marry. So when it's a get bottle, doesn't it come out that now the first get is retroactively nullified? And the children from the second marriage now will turn out to be mamzerim. So the Taita for sure doesn't want such a kind of a thing. So this is not the crisis that the Taita spoke about. That was Rabbi Kiva's Raya. So the Gemara asks him this, If this is your problem, any condition that a husband makes with a wife when he gives her a get, Nami, so we should have the same problem. She should not, after she gets the get, even though she's already divorced, but she should not be allowed to go and get married to anyone because what happens if in the end she doesn't fulfill her condition and the nimsa get bottle and now retroactively the get is nullified. The children will be mamzayin. This is not a problem specifically here with what Rabbi Yezza is speaking about this night when he says a night that it's, you're not allowed to marry this and this individual. Any night is a problem that later she may not fulfill it. So the Gemara says, you're right, this is the refutation on what Rabbi Kiva said, that this is not a good question on Rabbi Yezza's opinion. So there's a discussion in Rishenim about this. This is a very, very fundamental point here regarding any t'nai that you have by a get. When you give, make a t'nai for a get and the get takes effect, what's the halach? Is she allowed to go get married right away? And we're going to rely on the fact that the t'nai will be fulfilled? Or no, she has to, we have to wait to be sure that the t'nai is fulfilled and only then could she go and get married. 
So generally, the halacha is that when you make a t'nai with a get, even though the get takes effect right away, but because we don't know if the t'nai is going to be fulfilled later or not, she has to wait until the t'nai is fulfilled, and then she can go and get married. But it depends what kind of t'nai. There are different uh, halachas about this. She's not doing it much, she can't marry. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so now again the Gemara says, how did Rabbi Kiva understand Rabbi Eliezer's opinion? What was he speaking about? Was he speaking about a, a condition? When, he, when uh, the husband said, when he divorced her, or was he speaking about a case where he said, Chutz, where he was leaving over some of the issues? So she, so she gets married, the new husband doesn't know if she did the time, right? And a Hanami, true. Yeah, the new husband has no way of knowing. Exactly. So you have, you have to, you'd have to wait. So what are we talking about over here? It is the case over here that the first husband, when he divorced her, he told her, you divorced for everyone, but he left over. He left over some of the issues and said, for him, you still lost her. So if so, once she gets married to her second husband, Mishra Shara, even Rabbi Laza, Rabbi Leza, that is. Rabbi, Rabbi Leza will agree that once she gets married to her second husband, now she becomes totally mutter to marry that individual. If her second husband dies, the first leftover issues from the first husband is not left over anymore. As the Bryce we brought before, the Tanya, Rabbi Leza agreed. He divorces her and tells her, So he said, The first husband left over some issues here. But now, she got married to someone else. And she either became an Almana or a Grusha from the second husband. Now that, now that individual that the first husband asked her is not an Israel anymore. That first Ishus is gone. Now we define her status of whether she's an Ashus Isha or not based on the second marriage. And even Rabbi Yezir will agree that she'll be totally mutter. So what was the problem of Rabbi Kiva that it may turn out to be now that she'll be, the children will be Mamzerim if she marries this guy. But, but now that Isra doesn't apply anymore. So we must say that Rabbi Kiva understood Rabbi Eliezer's opinion. He was speaking about a condition. And that condition remains in effect even now. And that was his problem. If that condition remains in effect even now, if she doesn't fulfill the condition, if she marries him, it may be a problem for the children that will become Amzadim. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's the Gemara before enough Pebei has brought two versions about it, what, the, what it means, yeah. Now, the, another thing that Rabbi Kiva said in the Braise to disprove Rabbi Yezer. If this individual that the husband said that you can't marry him, and that person was a Kayin, and now Mesa Megadish, the one that the, the husband that divorced her, passed away. So, Lenimsis, doesn't it come out that Almana, it's like for that one person, that Kayin, for him she's an Almana, because for him the Gedishim was never a Gedishim, it was Chutz from him. And she's considered to be a grusha for everyone else in the world. And, and now what's the Allah there? She still can't marry this Kayin. Why? Because she has a status of a grusha for everyone else. So if so, we have a kavachaymer. If when it comes to the Isser of a Kayin, marrying a grusha, which is a lighter Isser, she won't be allowed to marry this individual, this Kayin, because of that aspect of Gerishin that's in her. The Isser of Eish Ish, it's much more severe. Like culture came, most definitely you can't say that she's still an Ashish Ish for one, but for someone else she's Mutter. If there's an aspect of Ashish Ish that's left over in her, that's still Usr, so for sure she should be Usr for everyone else in the world still. So there's no crisis here. That was the Raya of Rabbi Kiva. So here the Gemara explains how in this version, of this Dava Ache here, how did Rabbi Kiva understand Rabbi Eliezer's opinion?
Ubamai, what was Rabliaza talking about? Ilayme Baalmanas was Rabliaza talking about a case where the husband just said a condition, and again, if the case is Almanas, that was only Almanas that you don't marry so and so. Having a relation with that individual is not an issue, that's not an exclusion in the Gaidishin, but it's just not to marry him. If so, says the Gemara, had a grusha et If so, even for this individual, she is considered to be to- totally a grusha. What was the Kavachayim here? The Kavachayim was saying that for this Kayin, which is the person that the husband said, you're still also to, for him she's not a Grusha. She's just a Grusha for everyone else. That was the premise of the whole Kavachayim here. But if you're going to say the case over here is that he just made a condition, you're not allowed to marry him, it's specifically to marry him, that's what the condition was. Otherwise, even for this Kayin itself, she is considered to be a Grusha. There's no stamp to have a relation with him, she's Mutter and she's considered to be a Grusha. So there's no Kavachayim here, Bakhlal. So Ella Bchutz. So here in this version, in this Dova Acher, Rabbi Kiva understood Rabbi Yezer that he divorced her and said that you divorce for everyone. Chutz for this person is still an Ashish. So for him, she's not a Grusha. And that was the premise of the whole Kabuchaim of Rabbi Kiva, that if there's an aspect of, of Grusha for others, she's going to be Asar on this Kayin, even though for him she's totally not a Grusha. For sure, we should say the same thing, but again to the Isra of Ashish. Okay, so now here the Gemara concludes this whole husband of the Braise <coughs> and says, according to Rabbi Kiva, it comes out, we had two points that Rabbi Kiva said to refute Rabbi Yezir's opinion. Now, the Rabbi Kiva, the two points Rabbi Kiva said, did he understand that Rabbi Yezir's opinion was regarding a case where the husband said, I'm divorcing you, but besides, for one person, you're still an Ashish. So let him ask on Rabbi Yezir's opinion in that scenario. If he understood what Rabbi Yezir said was in a case where there was a condition. The condition was, that you don't marry so-and-so. So you should ask a question on Rabbi Yezir on, on this uh, scenario of Almanas. Because as the Gemara just proved, the two questions that Rabbi Kiva asked on Rabbi Yezir, the first question could only be a question if he understands Rabbi Yezir being Almanas, and the second question is only a question if he understands Rabbi Yezir being Chutz. So how did he understand? How did he hear what Rabbi Yezir said? So the Gemara says, the answer is, Rabbi Kiva, Shmi'alei, the Ikid, Amachotz, Rabbi Kiva heard what, about what Rabbi Yezir's opinion was, that there were those that said, repeated, Rabbi Yezir said it in a case of Chutz. And there were those that repeated what Rabbi Yezir said, that he spoke about a case of Almanas. So according to the opinion that I repeated what Rabbi Yezir says, that he's been a case of Chutz, so that was the second refutation Rabbi Kiva said in the Braise. And then if, if what Rabbi Yezir said was in a case of Almanas, we had the first refutation. So he, he said two Pirches on Rabbi Yezir for each version. Now the Gemara concludes, What is the refutation of the second question that Rabbi Kiva asked on Rabbi Yezir? Right? Regarding this case, he, he brought the Kabbalah from the Isser of Grusha. That by Grusha, if there's any aspect of Grusha, so it should be also to the Kayin. So to by Ashish Ish. If there's any aspect of Ishus left over, then she can't get married to anybody. What's the refutation to that? So the Gemara says, if you're going to say, Ename Issa Shani. If you're going to say it's not a good Kabbalah because we can't learn out from Issa Kohona. By Issa Kohona, we, we, over there, uh, we see that the Teireh is, is uh, Asr's by Kohona, when there's any aspect of Gerishin in it, automatically she becomes Asr, because she already has a status of Grusha. So we, we had before a concept, even Reyach even if there's some kind of a, 
a smell of a get that already asks a grusha. So maybe you can't learn out for the Indian of Asher Sish Bechlal from there. Is that the refutation on, on what Rabbi Kiva said? But that can't be because the Gemara before in Daf Pei Beis, according to one uh, opinion, says that the source of Rabbi Yeza's opinion itself comes from a posik that it says by the Isser of, of a Grusha to a Kayin. The posik the Gemara brought before towards the beginning of Pebez and Pebez was V'isha Grusha Me'isha Lo Yukahu. That if she's divorced only from her husband, even though she's not muted to the whole world, a Kayin can't marry you. So the whole source of this Indian, Rabbi Yeza says that you could compare the Isser of Eshish and learn it out from the Isser of Kona. So you can't say that this is the refutation here. So the Gemara says that Rabbi Kiva did not hold of that source. Rave that said that there's a refutation to all of these questions that these Tanoim asked in Rabbi Yeza, including this refutation of Rabbi Kiva here, Rave was following the other source that the Gemara brought before from Rabbi Yanai. Rabbi Yanai said, we learned it out from the Yatsami base of Al Ish Acher, that even if she's divorced in a way that she could only marry one man. He says you only mutt it to him and you ask it to everyone else, the Gerishan still takes effect. That's nothing to do with uh, the halach of Grusha by Akayin. So, therefore, the refutation to Rabbi Kiva's Raya is you can't learn out from the din of Grusha by Akayin to the Isra of Ishus that there is Bakhlal. Okay, the Gemara now continues to what it, with what it said before in the Braise. Rabbi Shua stood up and said, You can't ask questions on the lion, on Rabbi Yeza, after he passed away. Says the Gemara, shall we say that Rabbi Shua if Rabbi Shua is getting up and defending Rabbi Yezer, that he agrees to Rabbi Yezer. But Rabbi Shua himself also refuted Rabbi Yezer's opinion. And the Gemara will soon bring the Braise where we, what, what Rabbi Shua's refutation was. So the Gemara says, This is what Rabbi Shua was saying to all the Tanoim. I also have a question on Rabbi Yezer's opinion. But Mio, however, whether my question, whether all of your questions, still you shouldn't be asking a question on this lion after he passed away. Now, my Pirchad Rabbi Shua, what was the question that Rabbi Shua asked on Rabbi Yezer? So the time you learned Nabrai Sam Rabbi Shua, Rabbi Shua said that when you learn out from the Pasik in the Tayra, when it says the the the, the Pasik of, of a get, how does the Pasik there begin? Kiyikach ish isha. So it starts off talking about marriage. And then later on it says, And then it says, She leaves his home. And she gets married to someone else. So the Pasuk begins talking about a first marriage, and it finishes off talking about a second marriage, after she got divorced. So Rabbi Shua says, we have to compare the first marriage, the second marriage to the first marriage. Makish, we have to compare the status of this woman before her second marriage to her status before the first marriage. Just like before the first marriage. She's not tied to anybody in the world. She's totally single. So too after a divorce. And she's getting remarried or she's getting married to someone else. The divorce only takes effect if she's not tied to anyone else. And this is the proof that you can't say that the first husband could divorce her in such a way that she's still asa to someone. That he could say that, no, you're going to be mutta to them and asa to them. No such a thing. Now the Gemara goes back to another point that was mentioned before, that there is a case that Rabbi Yezu will agree that that iser that the husband said, chutz, 
will not be in effect anymore. So Magufa, what, one of the points we said before was, Rebbe Leyeza will agree. A person divorced his wife and he told her, You mutter to the whole world besides so and so. Now, Rebbe Leyeza's opinion is that the Gedishan takes effect and she's usher to that person. But Rebbe Leyeza will agree that if now, she went and got married to someone else. And now she became an Almana or a Grusha from the second marriage. So now we say that the second marriage is now how we define her status of Eshesish. What the first husband defined, the second marriage takes that off and now she becomes mutter to everybody. That's what Rabbi Yeza agrees. Okay, so now the Gemara brings that this itself, that Rabbi Yeza agrees in this case, there was a question that was asked in him. Hey, should Rabbi Shimon Bar Alaza? So Rabbi Shimon Bar Alaza asked him, "Chuvah l'devered Rabbi Yezer." He asked, "And Rabbi Yezer, why is he agreeing in this case?" Hey, Chametzina, where do we find such a thing? Shazeh Oiser, one husband, one individual brings about an Isser upon her, and Vezeh Matter, and it's the second husband that creates a Heter. The first husband said that Chutz, you're still an Eishus Ish to me, for that person. And now because she gets married to a second person, we say that the second marriage changes the whole status here. And now we define her status of being an Eishish based on the second husband. So it comes out that the second husband is being matara Iser of the Ishus of the first husband. How could a second husband undo the Iser of Ishus of the first husband? That was Rabbi Shimon Bar question. So the Gemara asks him this, if Allah, you don't find such a thing that a, a source of an Iser could come from one place and then someone else could be matara that? How does it work every time by a Yavama? The Baal Isa, what's the source of the Isa of Yavama? If the first husband dies without any children, and now she's not allowed to marry anybody, she has to do the mitzvah of Yavama. What's the source of that Isa? So now the Gemara understands the sources of the first husband. Because the first husband was married to her, and now he died without children, so she's also to marry anybody. Now who's going to be mad to her? The first husband is not here anymore. The Yavam Mater. The Yavam does Chalitza for her. And now the, the, the Yavam is mad to her. So here we see that the source of the Issa came from the first husband. And the Yavam is mad to her. Says the Gemara, no, that's not how you have to understand that. Hasam Yavam Huka Asr Over there, it's actually the Yavam himself which is the source of her Issa. It's the fact that there's a brother here, this Yavam, that has the mitzvah of Yavam. He's the source of the Issa. The Imi Baal, if you're going to say it's the first husband which is the source of the Issa, that's not true. Hashari Yavakayim, as far as the first husband is concerned, she's totally mutter. Because the first husband passed away. So as far as he's concerned, if there would have been children here, or if there wouldn't have even been a brother, so then she would have been totally mutter. It's the second brother, it's the Yavam, which is the source of the Isser. And he's the one that's mutter with Chalitza. So we, we don't have, so again, the question of Rabbi Shimbar Allah remains. Where do we see such a thing that one answers and the other is the one that is matter? Okay? So the, the Gemara says, no, but there's another case, What's with the case of Nadanim? The Neider Aiser, the one that makes a Neder, he makes a Neder, he takes upon an Isra on himself. Now who can be matter that? The Chacham Matis, someone else, a Chacham comes and is Matis this for you. So I see that you create the Iser and the Torah gave power to someone else to remove that. So the Gemara says, no, that, that's not the way it works. So Amr Rabbi Yechenin said, Ein Chacham Matir Klum, the Chacham, has no power independently to be Matir, your Iser, your Neder, Ele You have to have a Charata from the person himself, meaning he has to have a Pesach to his Neder. He has to show, if I would have known that this and this would have happened, I would have never made the Neder. So the, really the source of the Hatta is coming from the person himself that made the Neder. In fact, the Gemara, but how about Hare Afaras Habal? 
when the husband nullifies the vows of a wife, the isha, again, the isha nederes, it's the wife that makes the neder, ubal mefer, and still the husband, someone else, could come and remove that isha from her. So the Gemara says over there as well, it works for a different reason. Like Rav Pinchas said in the name of Rav, a wife that makes a neder, she makes the nether with the, with the knowledge of that if my husband agrees, the nether should be a nether. If my husband does not agree, it should not be a nether. So it's like a condition. So therefore, the husband could nullify this. Okay, now finally, the Gemara brings what we mentioned before in the Braise, how Rabbi Loza ben Azariah refuted Rabbi Yezda's opinion about giving a get and not completely disconnecting her by saying that you're still going to be oster to so-and-so. Rabbi Loz ben Azariah got up and he said, Krisus. The Torah says the term Krisus. Krisus means that you have to be completely disconnected from your husband. So, giving a get to your wife and saying that there's still a leftover of the issues and you're still also to so and so, that's not a Krisus. Says the Gemara of Rabbanon, all the other Tanaim there that didn't bring this refutation of Rabbi Loz ben Azariah. How do they understand Krisis? Why didn't they ask this question? Says the Gemara, Hi, Krisis, my of delay. What did the other Rabbanon learn out? What's, what, what is that noise over there? It's, it's not. Okay, okay, so, okay, okay. I'll just leave it. Hi, Krisis, my of delay. This Krisos, what do they what learn out from it? Why don't they learn out over here this refutation of Rabbi Lozman Says the Gemara, Mibayelohulikidetanya. So this is, they learn out from this something else, which was brought earlier in the Masechta, what we learn out from the following Paisa. If a person says to his wife, Here, this is your get, on the condition that you'll never drink wine, or on the condition that you never go to your father's house. Never. This is not Christus. Why? Because for her entire lifetime, she still has a condition that connects her to her husband. There's always something she can't do because of her first husband. She's not totally severed from him. But Shleishim Yaim, however, if the condition was just for 30 days that she should be disconnected from him just for 30, oh, sorry, that she has to fulfill this condition that is, the wine or, or the, the, not to go to the Father's house for 30 days, then that is a crisis. That is a crisis because it's only for that period of 30 days, not more than 30 days. So therefore she is disconnected from him. Okay, so what's the point over here? That, so basically what the Gemara is saying is, when you make a condition which is tying her down forever to her husband, that all the Chachamim held, that's for sure not a crisis. But that's not a question on what Rabbi Lezabana, on the of Rabbi Yezah that is. Rabbi Yezah said, you're making a condition, or you're giving a get, and you're saying, chutz from that person, you can't marry. What happens if that person dies? So now it's not forever. Now you're going to be totally disconnected from your husband. So therefore, they held that the question from crisis is not a question. But Rabbi Loza ben Azariah says, Mikodis Krisis Nafka. The Torah could have said, you give a get and a, call it Sefer Kodis. Instead of called it Sefer Krisus. What's the term Krisus? Krisus is an extra lush and an extra tough. You learn at both points. And even this point as well, when he says, Chutz from that person that you're not divorced from, it's not going to be a get either. The Idach, the others, however, held Kodis Krisus like Darshi. They don't Darshan this Kodis Krisus. Omar Rav said, Going back to this case, if you give your wife a get and you say, on the condition that you won't drink wine my entire lifetime. So, that's not Krisus. If he tells you you can't drink wine as long as so and so is alive, then it is a Krisus. Now, as we said before, the, the, 
The point here is, as long as he makes this condition in a way that at a certain point she will be motted to drink wine and then she'll be totally severed from her husband, then it's fine. So the Gemara asks, if so, why if he makes the condition that you can't drink wine as long as so-and-so is alive, that person could die. And then now the condition is fulfilled and she's totally severed from her husband. So if so, if the husband says, as long as I'm alive, so maybe the husband will die before her. And now the condition is fulfilled. So retroactively, she's totally divorced. So why are we saying that in such a case, it's not a good gaydishim? So rather say what Rabbi meant to say is, if the husband tells his wife, you can't drink wine as long as you're alive, then ain't a crisis. That, that's not called a crisis. However, if he tells her that as long as uh, uh, I'm alive, or as long as so-and-so is alive, then it will be a crisis. Because if he or that person dies, then she'll be able to drink wine. So then she'll be totally severed from her husband.